0: Hi, thanks for tuning in. My name is Fatih, and I'm the host of the Conversations Podcast, powered by All Graduates Interpreting and Translating Services. I really hope you're enjoying our podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe to our channels. You can find us on YouTube. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and Spotify. Now if you have any topics you'd like me to cover or if you have any guests you'd like me to interview, please send me an email with your ideas. My email address is fatih at allgraduates.com.au. That's fatih, F-A-T-I-H at allgraduates.com.au. Thanks again and enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone, and uh, welcome again today to our podcast. Today, I have with me Michael Nemrich, who is the national operations manager from Nati. Hello, Michael. How are you? Hey, very good, thank you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. My, My pleasure. Um, Michael, so how long have you been with Nati, and what were you doing beforehand? Have you always been working for Nati?
1: No, I have not always been working for NAATI. Uh, I've been with NAATI almost two years now. It comes up to two years at the start of October. Uh, and prior to this, I was with Indigenous Business Australia for a couple of years overseeing a um, portfolio of businesses uh, and before that, a chief operating officer of an um, Aboriginal corporation based out of Darwin, but mostly through remote Aboriginal communities through the NT.
0: Oh, wonderful. What we wouldn't give to be in Darwin right now here in Melbourne.
1: Yeah, that's it. Nice and warm and freer than uh, being <laughs> locked into your houses. Exactly.
0: Um, Michael, so what does the operations manager do at NATI? In short,
1: make sure that we deliver what we say that we will. Um, so the, um, everything from... Uh, setting up the test sessions to the recruitment of the role players to taking the applications from the candidates, that whole candidate experience from booking into a test, running the test and getting the marks back out to them um, at the end is part of the operations team. So there's two really distinct parts of Nati. Uh, we have a certification development and design team uh, who create the material, work with rubric working groups and industry professionals to come up with the standards for the test and the tests themselves and then the operations side which is the delivery of that to the candidates and um and also recertification of practitioners as well
0: i think i've got the right person here if i want to ask some questions about the testing right
1: absolutely i'm your guy That's
0: <laughs> very good you heard it here a few people um, so in regards to the testing, what's happening? Is it still going ahead? I mean, especially in Victoria, we're now in pretty strict lockdown. Um, we can't even get out of our houses for more than an hour. Uh, so what's happening with Victoria and with the rest of Australia? Is the interpreter testing still happening?
1: Yeah, so I guess we're from the start, um, back in March, obviously, we had to shut down all, we shut down all of our um, face-to-face testing uh, from March until June 30th. Uh, until we could work out um, what was happening. I guess, like many of other businesses around the country, we, no one sort of knew what was happening or how long it would go. Uh, and we certainly didn't expect Melbourne to, to uh, relapse like it has now, which has been quite challenging. So from mid-March, we came up with a... Um, so we have two distinct types of tests, I guess. We have our non-professional te- tests and our professional tests, being the certification ones. Uh, we, were mani- we managed with the non-professional tests, which is community credentialed language, to come up with an online solution for those over the course of a couple of weeks, and we started testing those sort of late March, early April, um, and we've delivered about 5,500 of those tests since the lockdown. Uh, and with certification, we always made the plan to go back to... Um, face-to-face testing from the 13th of July, which we did, uh, apart from Melbourne, obviously, which was in the last minute. Uh, but the lessons that we learnt from running the non-professional tests online gave us enough confidence that we'd be able to do cert- certification tests uh, through an online format. It's it's certainly not our preference. Um, there's been some allowances made with the marking rubrics uh, for um, items such as interactional management it's, You know, it's not a completely remote task. It's not a completely face-to-face task. So there has to be some allowances made and some considerations of how the rubrics apply in that scenario uh, and some rapid development around um, what happens when the internet connection fails. (laughs) The the length of the test is considerably longer than the non-professional tests, which average sort of 15 to 20 minutes, where these tests, you're sort of talking half an hour, 45 an hour of time, particularly in the certified interpreter tests, which have eight tasks. They go for a lot longer and there's a lot more inputs as well, Uh, different role players, invigilators all logging in from different um, spaces. But we haven't been able to conduct tests. We've run seven uh, through Melbourne. We've run seven languages in CPI level and two languages at CI level since July 13th in an online format. Uh, And we've just decided as of yesterday and after our website that we'll continue in an online format at least until the end of October in Melbourne we don't think that we'll be able to go back to a face-to-face setting assuming sort of six weeks of stage four lockdown six weeks of maybe a drop down from that in stage three and then hopefully we can resume testing in November
0: well we also look forward to be tested face-to-face Michael
1: (laughs) (laughs) it'll be uh harbinger of uh, all other good things happening at the same time hopefully being able to get out and exercise and get more than five k's from your house
0: one can only hope so um so what happens if uh, i'm going to be tested and my kid jumps on his playstation 4 and you know does a little bit of fifa 2021 playing and and eats away all my data speed what happens then if i'm Halfway through my test.
1: Yeah, so we're just rescheduling all those candidates to a future date. So there's a fair bit of work involved in, um, it, you know, it's easy to think that online is easier. Uh, we've sort of been sold this uh, from the start of the internet that anything that's online becomes easier for everyone. Uh, it is not in this scenario. <laughs> there is a fair bit of work that goes in um, in the preparation to it, working with candidates directly with the staff from the Melbourne office. Uh, to make sure the internet speed's good, getting camera settings right, ensuring audio quality is good enough, uh, but on the day if something happens from any of the inputs staff candidates uh, role players, then we will um we'll reschedule the test at no charge for the next available session
0: very good so pre testing checks are done on all all sides for all sides, for the role players for the for the candidate,
1: yes yeah, and um For role players, for example, as well, I mean, Melbourne in particular, but even in the last three months before we were doing the face-to-face and with all our offices shut, we were still recruiting low role players and all that training has been done online as well. So there's been a fair bit of development work in the background to try and keep the, the wheels of the business going throughout and keep people getting employed. You know, we've got over 500 uh, low role players employed with NAATI at the moment across 38 languages that we'll test this year.
0: Michael, how many people are involved in, in in an actual interpreting test? So we've got the candidate, I can give you one. So how many other people are involved in these
1: tests? Yeah, it depends on the day, but even just one candidate, there's at least an invigilator, two role players, a test supervisor, maybe a venue manager, and then two examiners at the end plus right. the person that uh, uploads the files and allocates them out to examiners and then takes those um, results back. So just to handle the sort of one candidate on one day, that's around seven or eight people.
0: Plus then on top of that, you have the examiners as well? Uh, that was including examiners, that we've got development
1: prior to that as well. So there's you know, multiple people involved in various stages of um, developing it, and that doesn't involve the other administration staff that look after customer queries and application processing either. But, yeah, just on the day, somewhere around the seven or eight, including examiners.
0: I think it's uh, very important we appreciate how much work is put into uh, one interpreter test. So, Mm -hmm. On behalf of all the uh, practitioners out there, candidates, thank you.
1: Thanks. (laughs)
0: Um, What kind of a platform are you using when you're delivering these uh, online tests? I mean, are they done through... Zoom, Microsoft Teams?
1: Yeah, so currently we're using Microsoft Teams uh, for the majority of our certification tests. Uh, We're working on new platforms at the moment. We're just about to, we have launched um, translator tests for the end of next month. It's been, we'd started developing it prior to the pandemic sort of hitting and then obviously uh, the impetus to create it even quicker, uh, was high, so we're, we've got 340 odd people booked into tests through September and October now, and we're using a dedicated platform uh, that we will transition our, our interpreter test onto over time as well. We just want to make sure that the um, the test is robust and reliable. Um, you know, this is a a large part of someone's professional career is achieving Nardi certification, and we want to make sure they've given every chance on the day to achieve. You know, and show the results that they can they can deliver from their training so we use microsoft teams at the moment Uh, the certified interpreter simultaneous task we're using a hybrid approach with um, a couple of background programs as well but microsoft teams is our primary platform at the moment and then over the next couple of months we'll be rolling out a couple of new features with new platforms that we've been developing
0: and uh, you mentioned translator testing as well so that's going online too
1: that will be online as well so um, That will be September 22nd is the first date for um, translator tests. So the the platform itself is in its final stages of development and we'll be releasing information and uh, mock tests for candidates to test their personal equipment with over the coming weeks.
0: Um, you know, we spoke about uh, interpret testing and translator testing. Does this uh, apply for Auslan as well? Is that going online too? Because, I mean, it could be a little bit of a different style of testing. Uh, yeah, not require- at this stage.
1: Not at this stage. Um, if we're working on, I've actually got a meeting tomorrow, we're going to spend some time trying to think how, um, how we can make it work. Uh, our concern is quality of the video, quality of the... Um, internet speed, I think in the long term, um, hopefully once we get past some of these harder restrictions, we'll be able to start offering testing to more geographically dispersed people in rural areas or overseas. Uh, Definitely with CT tests, we'll be able to do it now. We've already run some of our CPI tests to candidates overseas. But I think there's a real equity thing for uh, Auslan candidates to be able to do the same thing, uh, whether they be in Darwin or Hobart or Dubbo or Broome. Uh, And so we'll continue to try and work on how we do that. But with personal computers, I don't know if we'll ever um, quite get there. Again, just because of the resolution of the screen and the equipment that's available. But we might be able to come up with some sort of hybrid model where people go into a dedicated venue that we have an arrangement with and we know that the the quality of the material is going to be right. Again, it's a a big day for people to to get certification and we want to give them every chance that they um, can to have it.
0: I was going to ask you, uh, do you you foresee these online tests used in the future, hopefully once um, COVID has settled, majority of the testing has gone back to -to face-to-face, do you see online platforms still being used in the future?
1: Yeah, I think we will definitely have online. uh, Online for um, for translation tests will um, certainly happen. Uh, We don't see our non-professional tests going back to a face-to-face at all. And I think there will always be a, and there's always going to be a place for face-to-face. It's a a crucial part of the interpreting industry, but I think we'll end up with more options for candidates with online going forward. We've just got to make sure that we are able to test all the skills and knowledge that's required. The candidates have um, every ability to pass as well, but it's definitely a part of our future going forward.
0: Well, I think um, COVID nineteen's changed our world and, and our industry, uh, maybe maybe for good. Um, and you know, if we look at the rubrics, uh, you've got the rubric there for face to face. You've got the rubric there for remote interpreting, um, but there is no rubric for video interpreting at the moment, uh, and, and there is no testing for video interpreting. Usually, there is a uh, two face to face tests and then one remote interpreting test. If I'm not wrong, yeah, that's correct for the psychology. Um, So do you see perhaps a video interpreting task put into these testing uh, in the future? Because, you know, through telehealth and through um, remote interpreting, video interpreting seems like it's going to stick around for a while and OZIT just relates its protocols for video interpreting too. I mean, I don't want to uh, push you to an answer, but do you in the future see video interpreting being a task in the testing as well?
1: Yeah, and... More than just video interpreting, I think it's incumbent on NARTI to keep up with all industry developments and make sure that they're reflected in the tests that we deliver. There's no point in having a test for certification that doesn't match what's happening in the world of practitioners. So, uh, so I certainly can't guarantee anything at the moment, but all of those developments are getting looked at. Um, we'll probably start... You know, this, uh, for Melbourne at the moment, has been a very rapid development and it's a modified... Um, face-to-face rubric that we're using but I think the learnings that we have over the coming months will inform a a bigger review of whether a video interpreting task or several video interpreting tasks are appropriate to be included going forward.
0: Thank you for that. Uh, You know when I spoke to Mark a few weeks ago as well and we can we can I think all agree that Nati is doing uh, all it can to stay up to date with all the most current developments Definitely in the last few years when you compare it to the previous times, I guess, where, you know, uh, testing was uh, recorded for decades. Uh, it was done through recordings and um, it's been done with live role plays now, as we all know, for the last um, couple of years, uh, as, as real-life situations uh, tend to be a little bit more challenging than um, someone speaking to you from a recording. So, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> We really appreciate how Nati has... Uh, transformed itself as well um, with the current development. So, appreciate that. Thank you very much, Michael.
1: Uh, we've got lots of people in the industry that are really beneficial to us. You know, we've got our own technical reference advisory committees. We've got local regional advisory committees, lots of input from people. So, it's an industry-wide thing, and I think we've been really happy that we've been able to adapt so quickly to COVID as well and continue to offer services to people. So, it's been an all-round collaborative effort.
0: Well done to you. So if I'm in Victoria and my face-to-face test has become now an online test and I don't want to do it online, do I have that option? Am I able to not do the online testing and then do face-to-face when I can in the future?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we've um, we loosened all of our uh, cancellation policies and have allowed for any candidate to be able to reschedule if they were booked in a face-to-face and now we can only do online, they can reschedule for nothing to a um, to a face-to-face in the future. But also to accommodate, you know, this, uh, this virus isn't just in Victoria, so if a candidate became ill up until sort of 8am of the test day in, a, in Sydney or Brisbane need to go get a COVID test, then we would absolutely reschedule them for free on that day as well.
0: That's very good to know. Um, Well, it sounds like there's a lot of costs involved in these tests. Is that going to reflect onto the test fees? I mean, it's already pretty expensive, as we can all agree, for for the candidate. It is expensive. Is is it going to change the fee?
1: No. No, we've managed to hold our fees for tests. I think uh, someone told me the other day it's been five years since we've increased. Uh, and we'll be able to hold them as it is now. I guess there's been a lot of work in NAATI about um, ensuring our financial stability uh, and the strong position that we're in allows us to both hold the test fees for candidates at the moment, but also uh, it was announced several months back, the um, practitioner support where we've halved recertification fees for everyone over the next 18 months up until June next year, which was an $850,000 Support package to the industry. So, you know, a, a strong financial position that we've managed to do allows us to, to support in those ways. Um, I'll, I'll,
0: I'll, I want to uh, draw our listeners and viewers' attention to that uh, in regards to the funding. Um, and, you know, like we said, it, it can be quite costly for the candidate for one person to pay, you know, several hundred dollars, sometimes uh, close to uh, seven, eight hundred dollars or so. Um, where does this funding go towards? I mean, we know that the testing, there's a lot of people involved. The first question is now that I can kind of see how much is involved in the testing, does the actual candidate's testing fee cover all the costs or do you need more funding from uh, other outputs? Uh,
1: So certification testing does not recoup its costs. Um, We, we, Uh, spend far more money than we recoup for a certification test. Again, if you without saying the exact numbers, most people could work out with seven staff involved to test one candidate that that, um, the test fee doesn't go very far. And I appreciate that it is a lot of money, but it certainly doesn't cover the cost of that test. So NARTI's funding comes um, mostly from test revenue. We get uh, less than 10% of our revenue comes from um, government who contribute. Each year uh, and that helps offset some of the costs of certification but it's less than 10% of 90s overall revenue. The rest of our revenue comes from investments, test fees, recertification and other applications and products that we offer. So the non-professional tests um, we are able to use the funding from that to, to fund technical developments and um, overall administration costs that we can then um, not have to pass on to practitioners, and certification candidates.
0: And um, does NAATI fund other projects as well, apart from its own testing?
1: We do. We have have our Industry Development Fund and our Research Fund, which is combined as $300,000. And then we also fund um, things like our Indigenous Language Advisory Committee to assist us in developing indigenous, Indigenous languages Uh, So we do and we support um, critical link conferences and and other items like that. So we we try and support the industry as much as we can uh, through various programs.
0: I'd love to speak to you about these projects in our upcoming episodes, if that's okay with you. sounds good. Uh, That's great. Um, And, uh, Michael, I think it's quite important that um, we reiterate the fact that NATI is a not-for-profit organisation and um, everything that it makes goes back to the industry?
1: Yeah, back to the industry and improving our products and services for the benefit of all practitioners, current and future.
0: Um, and where can candidates and practitioners uh, find more information about everything that we spoke about?
1: So most of the information is available on our website, au. Uh, And also, we've got our general query line, which is info at nadi.com.au, where we've got a group of staff that will be able to answer most queries if they've got them. We receive about 4,500 queries a month through various sources. So, well, that that was last month's query number. So, yeah, definitely elevated queries over the last couple of months with so much uncertainty around. We've been hovering around 4,000 queries a month.
0: Wow. It must be a really busy time for those people who are dealing with those inquiries.
1: Yeah, it is, but still we're getting through them and um, hopefully helping people out as well.
0: Michael, thank you so much for your time today and I look forward to speaking to you again. Absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. All Graduates Conversations Podcast.